Meets You Meet, episode 35. Tonight's episode is about economics. Sort of. Macroeconomics. Subsidies. Lesson number one. It is going to be a little bit of an economics lesson tonight. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I love economics. Good. I'll well, tell you my economic story when we get into it. Ask me questions. I'll answer them. Um, I know you could ask me. I'm super good at economics. Anyways, um, before we get into it, I would like to give a shout out to Karen from Pittsburgh who sent us a lovely email. She's a vet and actually helps run a farm sanctuary, which I got to give a lot of props to because that is hard work. I know a couple of sanctuaries around um, here and it's a backbreaking kind of job. So yeah. got to give her a lot of props and I don't know. Her email was super positive and uplifting. It made us feel super good about ourselves. So wanted to give her <laughs> a shout out and say yeah, thanks. We appreciate any feedback, whether it's through emails or Instagram Messages. seems to be the, the common yeah. place for that. Anything. Um, we also have a, what do we do? We have YouTube and Instagram and email and I don't know. And everything. Lisa's website. Meat. So we get a lot of questions about, you know, how to cook this or how to make that. Um, Lisa's been working very hard on her I website have. to provide dozens and dozens and dozens of free recipes. There's like there's like a dozen, Jimmy. Oh. Well, They're we're hard. There. You know, to be honest, and I've I've been trying to update them, um, you know, these are recipes. That, it's like a we- weird concept to me that people would follow a recipe that I make because I don't follow recipes, but I have been very cognizant of writing down stuff when I'm done cooking. So, like, tonight I made for dinner romesco sauce with some polenta and tofu and broccoli. And romesco sauce is probably one of my, like, top five favorite things. To, like, that's, like, my... Like, if I have to impress someone, I'm going to make some romesco sauce. I think it's the first thing you ever made me. Because it's, like, my go-to fancy um, thing. And for those of you that don't know, romesco sauce is a Spanish um, sauce made out of roasted red peppers and tomatoes and almonds and bread. So, mm. um, I don't know if you wanted to go crazy. I guess you can omit the bread. Um, but I just I put in, like, one slice of whole wheat bread, and it was super nutritious anyways, um, and served it up, like I said, with some broccoli and polenta and tofu. I don't know. It's just so, so good. It's like, it looks like marinara, but it's not. And it's got this like sweet heat. I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> and that will be on lisabeachermeat.com recipes. Well, but that's what I was getting to the point is that I'm writing it down like as I'm making it. And it's just, it occurs to me that I put a lot more into my cooking than, um, than I thought, you know, like, like I looked up a Romesco um, recipe online and it was like five ingredients. Mine has like 103. <laughs> and I'm, but it's like each of those ingredients that I put in there, this is like the 20th time I've made this sauce actually has a significant part of the dish. So I, I really do try and making some some tasty recipes. I'll vouch for it. So that's what we had tonight. If you know, we're recapping food. And earlier today I had a donut from destination donuts oh yeah nothing like a vegan donut it was so good yeah delicious well go to that website if you need help with recipes message lisa Mm -hmm. all day she's on her phone answering questions from people i am (laughs) and uh she'll she'll help you out if you have a question yeah um or an idea or things like that and subscribe to us wait no not subscribe yeah if you want to help us out so we have a lot of listeners we interact with them we love it um, we've been getting a lot of great feedback. We need a favor from anyone who listens to and enjoys this show. We haven't tried to sell you anything yet. <laughs> we <laughs> still aren't. Um, we just are going to ask for a huge favor, like right now, do it like right now. Go into iTunes, give us a rating, preferably a five star. Um, or whatever you feel we deserve. No, only a five star. No, um, we've gotten some ones. Yeah, we got a couple ones. And I, I was like, that has we to be like two. someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people might come to this thinking like typical vegan show, and we're not. Yeah. If you listen to any of the other top vegan shows on um, any podcast form, we're a little bit different. But yeah. hopefully our name that might be jarring. weeds us out. If it that's might what be. they're like going in to listen to. Yeah. And then they're like, oh my God. But we need help because we host the show on Podbean, which is a great uh, podcast place, especially if you don't have an iPhone. Um, but most podcasts in this world come through iTunes and 
it's kind of a mystery of how they rate people and where they put them on the list of searches. But uh, one thing that I'm sure of is they want to see a lot of ratings. So um, more ratings equal better slots for yeah, us. Yeah, right? write us a review if you want. If you put your name in it, we'll, we'll give you a shout out and thank you for it on the show. Yeah. Um, but we just need ratings. And if you're in Stitcher, if you're in Podbean, give us a rating in there too. Um, but iTunes ratings would be fantastic. Subscribers also to help right. the show big time. Okay. I'm Are you going to keep begging. going? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a 40 second spot. Yeah. For ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we are moving well and we're very excited about six months of the show, 35 episodes. All right. Um, Stop tooting your own horn. We just wanted to, we wanted to continue to grow. Okay. And if you like you the show, you know what? It can help by growing. Help. You're just getting into the, the content. <laughs> right. So what is the content? <laughs> Any more food you want to talk about? Or are we, um, are we ready to roll? This Romesco is... sauce. Tonight was when in Romesco sauce. I've gotten real witty with my meal names. Yeah, you're like Bob from Bob's Burgers. Tomorrow <laughs> is um, sloppy lows and coleslaw highs. I'll mm. let you know how that goes. I'm making it with my favorite TVP, textured vegetable protein. Yes. So, Good old TVP. Yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Sweet. Okay. Hit it. Microeconomics 101. Uh, yeah, this one's Tell probably, me how to live in the margin. This is more macro, but oh. uh, this is about subsidies. And uh, this is something I've always been confused about. If you're one of the many people who came into uh, veganism from watching a Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Spiracy, I think when the hell, what the hell does a lot of this, but Spiracy talks a lot about um, subsidies and external and internal costs of, of you know, the food that we eat. Um, as a nation, to produce food is obviously important. And throughout history, we've added some subsidies. What is a subsidy? Explain that, Mr. Murray. Good question. Uh, well, a business um, can essentially be given money by the government to mm-hmm. help them um, produce a product at a cheaper price and give them a profit margin that might not be there. So it's like um, a help. It's like a stimulation to help business. Yeah, sometimes it's through just the tax cut, okay. um, but oftentimes in the farming industry, it's, it's here's money. Here's money like, to make this. Literally, here's money. Like yeah. there's a huge subsidy for like corn. Right? Yeah, that's the biggest one. Okay. Um, so in the 80s, 90s, if you went to McDonald's, um, a cheeseburger or a double cheeseburger was about a dollar. Okay. And in 2017, if you go to McDonald's, a double cheeseburger. It's about a dollar. That's not normal. No, there's a reason that um, it's staying a it dollar. Hasn't grown. I guess before we get going, I do want to say I think it was last episode we did the cruelty. We talked a lot about um, some stuff from the book Meatonomics. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the info tonight, in fact, most of it is from this book Meatonomics. Uh, David Robinson Simon is the author. If you like Wait, economics, David Robinson Simon. Yeah. His last name is Simon. I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, that's what it says on the book. I didn't know if, because like that Baskin Robbins guy. Wrote oh, book. no. That's Are a, they yeah. not related? No, that's a different okay. different guy. Um, but if you're interested in this stuff. Simon, if I you're listening. I highly recommend this book. We'll get him on the show. Okay. I actually messaged him today. Uh, but it's a really good book. It's pretty economic-y. So if you're not into reading big books about numbers, just listen to our show. Okay. Um, so it's one of my favorites so far. And it's so well laid out. But anyways, that's where I'm getting a lot of this info. But back to subsidies. So meat is getting cheaper, which is not the case for most things that we consume mm-hmm. in a large amount. So from 1980 to 2008, uh, about 30 years, with inflation adjusted, uh, the price of ground beef and cheese has fallen by 53% for beef and 27% for cheese. So ground beef today is half the price of what it was in 1980 when I was born. Yeah, that's not normal. I was born in 1981, actually. Oh. I'm only 36. I was born in 1985. You were? Wow. Yep. But are you surprised I remember the year I was born? No, I usually claim that you're 19 years old. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's over now. Hold on a second. Can I um, tell you the cost of a beer in 1985? The average cost of a beer? Yeah. Well, first, what do you think the average cost of a beer today is? Three ninety nine. It tells me. Oh, okay. I'd agree with that. And then yeah, like a bar. Yeah, like a Bud Light. And then the average cost of a beer in nineteen eighty five was a dollar seventy five. So the, it the, almost. I don't know. That's. I just wanted to give you know some like figures yeah. that compared. Stuff costs more than it used to, except for beef. Um, beef. 
Um, fruits and vegetables, um, fruit costs twice as much as it did in 1980, mm-hmm. and vegetables 41% more than it did in 1980. So the price of cheese and beef, it's cheaper today than it was in the 80s, early 80s, 70s even. Um, and then fruits and vegetables have gotten more expensive. Obviously, wait, th- th- like with inflation, with inflation. So, like, if like boopy boop boop, send me back to 1985. I'm at the grocery store. I pick up a thing of cheese. It's three ninety nine. It's three ninety nine today. It's less than that. It's three seventy five today. Yeah, it's twenty seven percent less than that. That's today. insane. Yeah, <laughs> it is insane. And um, as we move forward. Um, the government is telling us to eat more fruits and vegetables and to eat less, you know, red meat and less, um, you know, produce things like well, cheese. Well, they're kind of saying eat less. They're kind of saying it, yeah. They're also kind of saying get milk, life, Yeah. what's for dinner, beef. But then they're telling you to, like, reduce your red meat intake. It's some mixed signals. Don't, yeah, it really is. Now that we actually talked about that with our yeah. checkoff program, which also, I think, came from this book. Um but anyways, what we're going to talk about today is along with those subsidies, it's it's almost double double whammy. There's um, an externalized cost to the production of meat that we should be doing the opposite of subsidizing meat. We should be taxing meat the way we tax cigarettes. Is the external cost like the healthcare cost? Is that what uh, you're that's saying? one of them. So just to to understand what this externalized costs are super sciencey. Um, there's a good example here. Like, let's say I know, we pay for trash to get picked up in front of our house. Yes. And um, you know, we generate that trash, so mm-hmm. you know, we generate that that cost. That's our internal cost of generating trash. Mm-hmm. But if we were to take our trash and drive it to like Westgate Park, our local park, and throw it in a dumpster there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, We've personally saved ourselves the internalized costs of getting rid of that trash. Okay. But we've just caused an externalized cost. Um, that trash still gets picked up, mm-hmm. and it gets paid for by the collective. Um, we've saved ourselves money as a household. But the but collective. We've, we've cost the whole... Neighborhood. Yeah. And then that externalized cost gets rolled back into the cost of trash pickup. Therefore, everyone's trash pickup costs a little bit more. Okay. Because... We tried to beat the system. Yeah, and that's All where right, this gets complicated. So, what's an externalized cost of meat? Well, there's tons. It's so hard to even um, put your finger on all of it. But, like you said, healthcare mm-hmm. and environmental are the biggest ones. So, it's like, I don't know, healthcare or no, like environment. So, it might, I don't, that's hard to wrap your head around. Like, well, like the like spill off the, po- the pollution caused by one factory farm. Is gonna cost more money to clean up, like in the water supply. Yeah, I don't know. everything. You, yeah, public water supply, um, the the shit. Um, one example was antibiotics. Uh, we've talked about that a million times. All these animals are pumped with antibiotics, so they grow really quickly, and um, they're it's twofold. I guess it's environmental, but the runoff of these farms and us consuming that is causing a major resistance to antibiotics. So down the road, that's affecting healthcare costs. Okay. Like cigarettes are going to be the example over and over today. Yeah. There's a lot of externalized costs of cigarettes. So you know, you get lung cancer, you get secondhand smoke illnesses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you go to the uh, hospital. There's like there's like third. Um, third hand smoke. Third hand smoke now. <laughs> what? No, it's true. It's like um, it's like if you smoked in a coat, and then that coat is in the living room or in like the hall closet, that's the third hand smoke. I don't even think secondhand smoke causes Shut health problems. Shut up. <laughs> I don't like secondhand smoke. <laughs> no, it smells gross, but I don't know. No. I was raised in a, a smoking household, and um, uh, I think my lungs are, are fine. You all are miracles. That's not how <laughs> yeah, it happens. All it takes is one example. Of yeah. That's the, that's you're the like, case, right? You're like, I'm fine. Everyone's I didn't wear my seatbelt yesterday for five minutes, and I didn't die, so I guess we don't need seatbelts. Stop it. Moving on. Just kidding. Obviously. Um, but yeah, so there's externalized costs in the production of, and I'll give you some more examples, but essentially, you know, the, the environmental stuff, we have a whole episode on that. We're going to do another one soon. Um, there's an incredible impact on the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number one cause of greenhouse gases and number one cause of pollution of waterways of deforestation, um, all of that is animals. Um, animal agriculture yet. Yeah. Producing and eating animals. <gasps> I know an example of an external cost. 
Bring it's, it. It's going to take me, maybe, give me two minutes. Raise your hand. Okay. No. I Anyways. Have to call on you. Um, in the West, there was a story. So in my, my class, I always showed the Channel One, which is it's awesome because it's like 10 minutes of news and it's really informative for my students and that's like really educational but it's like a little like kids news thing it's 10 minutes so like i start my class and it's like oh poop 10 minutes oh, i was just thinking like you were livid about the other day yes so i, w- I said the f word in front of my class oh i was like gosh. i literally like turned to my class and i was like this is fucking bullshit they were like you should oh. admit that on yeah it's fine they were like oh miss oh being upset again um no, I was mad because there was a story about how there's an overpopulation of wild horses in the West and how um, people want to euthanize these wild horses. And what Channel One wasn't really hitting on was, I don't, I, I don't know of the population of horses. First of all, don't call them wild horses. <laughs> They're horses in their natural habitat. That's like, wild. That's like me calling the a squirrel, like a wild squirrel in its natural habitat. It's just a squirrel. It's, it's still, just a horse hanging out where it was always been, has always been. It's just a horse. It's just a horse. But you have to like decipher. Don't they call like feral cats or like... Yeah, no, cats and like dogs most are different. Cats horses and dogs are, are domesticated. Stop. Cats and dogs are different. They were domesticated. Um, not all horses have been domesticated. I know. I'm just saying. So it's like it's if you saw like a bird, was like no, no, no. <laughs> it's just bird. it's just a horse. Just it's not a wild horse. It's just a horse. Anyways, it's a horse that was like living on this land before we came around and messed all this up. Anyways, but this whole story was about we how brought the horses here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Anyways, um, these horses are living in the West, and there's an over there's a, supposedly an overpopulation, and there's people that want to euthanize the horses, and then there's this other movement that's trying to shoot them with some sort of s- sterilizing substance so that they're not allowed to or they're uh, sterile for a year and they can't reproduce. Oh. Yeah, but the whole what no one was touching on is that. Why is this a problem if there's a lot of horses out there? It's a problem because the majority of the land on the West increasingly has been dedicated to farming um, animal agriculture. Like the United States, especially in the West, is an extreme exporter of beef. So we need more and more, and we, being the United States, needs more and more land to produce cattle, beef cattle, to produce, you know, to make more beef. And these quote unquote wild horses are taking the land away from the cattle when, so it, it's not necessarily like there's more horses. It's just there's so there's a need for so many more cows and there's not land for the horses anymore. And yeah, it's so. bullshit. It's so upsetting. Like leave the freaking horses and bears and coyotes and all that stuff alone, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and... Um- it is an externalized cost. Let's say they are shooting them with some sterilized um, substance. Yeah. The, the research to track these horses, the plan to have this done, right. the decision to have it done. Right. It costs a lot of actually money. Actually going out and shoot. All that costs money. Yeah. And guess who pays for it? The taxpayer. Yeah. Not the meat industry. And a lot of the- No. Not the fucking meat industry. And a lot of the Western- This is going to be a lot of F-bombs. <laughs> A lot of the Western lands. I mean, the U.S. owns two thirds of the land um, in this country. So a lot of it is agriculture happening on government land. That's a subsidy right there. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's infuriating. Sorry. Infuriating. I'm infuriating. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's, well, I like wild horses. I like the Outer Banks. I like horses. I like the horses at the Outer Banks. Yeah. I hope to see them this summer. Did we really bring horses over here? Yeah, they're not natural to the Where US. are they from? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Spain? Christopher Columbus brought them over? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure we brought horses there. I don't think they're natural. Whatever. And then the Indians started riding them, or the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, I think it's American Indian now. I could have totally be wrong about all this. But back to our Subsidies. point. Subsidies, jeez. Um, so that's, no, that's a great example of an external cost. Okay. You You do know your economics. Yeah. Well, I wasted like $50 of my kid's time talking about it in class. (laughs) (laughs) It's a globalization course. It's it's valuable. They just Um, like every day, they're like, what is she going off about? 
That's, like, you kids don't understand. I used to always have that. that Every, one I think teacher. everyone had that one teacher. You could get them to go off track, and then you didn't 100%. have to do anything. No, like for like 55 minutes, I'll just be talking about something. It's funny when I catch a kid doing that, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, let's <laughs> go Because I'm it. in the zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you want to hear this? It's better than what I have to teach you? Let's go. Yeah. Um, but most of what we go off on is relevant to our course. Um, so another example. Um, this is crazy. Wait, actually, no. Subsidies, the fruit and veggie thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that like it's just animal agriculture. Like There's subsidies all across the board. Like oil. Oil and gas. Yeah. Fruit and vegetables. Um Obviously, school is Plastic. education. Yeah, there's it's all over the place. Um, but animal agriculture sheets. by far is the largest recipient of subsidies. Yeah. So they are the the worst offender here. And you'll have some. In, I'll give you some enraging examples that will yeah. cause you to get frustrated. Um, but some other things, not just giving them money, um, they give them you know discounts on things. In California, mm-hmm. this is insane. That state needs help. Oh, it's it's giant too. Um, a fifth of the state's water supply, mm-hmm. which I think pumps from the east anyways, because yeah. they Isn't don't have water. California mostly desert, like most, most of, of their it water it's pumped in southern. Most of the western part of the country is, but anyways, one fifth of their whole state's water supply is used by farmers. Man, and but get this, that one fifth, that twenty percent of that water supply, mm-hmm. they pay two percent. What a California resident pays for their water. That's messed so up. they're getting a ninety-eight percent discount on twenty percent of the whole state's water. Mm-hmm. So that's the state of California residents taxes essentially paying for water use for animal for agriculture. animal agriculture. Were they in? What, did they have like a budget crisis recently? Uh they've had a few. Yeah, they, well, I think at one point they like had trouble. Uh, giving back tax returns. Yeah. And we shouldn't talk about it because a lot of people in California listen to us. They probably know a lot more about this than well, we do. Well, they're probably pretty upset by that, though. <laughs> yeah. That would be really upsetting to know that, you know, like, I don't know. I'm sure their taxes have gone up just regularly. But to know that this company who makes a crap ton of money is getting away with not paying their taxes. Yeah, I guess the moral of this whole entire podcast is that we're paying for all of these external things. Okay. So... That's want, want, want. California's paying 98% <laughs> of the water bill for and, the and animal agriculture. They And um, when California goes into droughts and stuff, they have, like, rules, like, don't wash your car. Yeah. But yet, these people are just wasting money, or wasting water. In insane levels. And we've talked about that, too, the amount of water that's used. So I stand like, by my point. California needs some help, man. One they need, like, a Robin cheeseburger Hood. equates to, like, 66 showers. Yeah, that's... Of water? That's insane. Mm-hmm. What do you mean they need a Robin Hood? They need a Robin Hood. They need someone to come in and steal from the rich and give to the poor. Oh, I gotcha. Steal from these companies and give them back to the people, man. <laughs> Just like literally. Yeah. Break in there and take their gold bars. Yeah. That's, like, that's what I think. <laughs> Spread them about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty startling. Um but so the government mostly subsidizes foods it tells us to limit, like we said before, and doesn't subsidize foods it recommends we get more of. Okay. Uh, we're paying more for fruits and vegetables, but they're subsidizing. Um, and actually, even a, an even bigger subsidy um, is what these farmers are feeding their cattle. Right. So the corn because, like, and the soy. Cows eat mostly corn products or corn byproducts, but cows are not meant to eat corn bry products that's why we talked about this earlier that cows get um their cow Sick. farts yeah um <laughs> are met they're way more methane because they're eating they're constantly in like a digestive turmoil because they're not necessarily supposed to eat that much corn yeah then they also have to get the antibiotics because they're sick yeah. yeah do you know they put like they cut like a hole in the side of a cow into their digestive tract. So it's just like an open wound um, that, like, I don't know, it's like every so many cows or whatever just get a gigantic hole cut into them so that they can, like, test their digestive system yeah. to see if they're, like, working properly. That's, no, it's I did like, not know that. No, that's, like, it's so barbaric that you'd think, why would they do that? But that's the easiest and cheapest way to test 
you know, the cow's, you know, health, I guess. Yeah, it's all about efficiency, I guess. It's fucking ridiculous. We did our cruelty all right. last Sorry. episode. I did actually I have, a, I have a good part two I'm putting together okay. also. All right. I don't um, know if you guys know, though. Cows are my favorite. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. I love cows. Lisa really likes cows. I feel like when I look at cows, they look back and they're like, you don't fuck with me, do you? I like that. Yeah. The cows don't hurt anyone no they have best friends I've, we've all seen that meme where do cows come from like are they natural god to our land i don't know but i oh i had a good quote the other day oh do you, you want to hear it hold on a second quote? it was my own quote because what i was having like an argument with kids and they were like it was the basic argument of like if these animals are here why don't we use them and i god i wrote it down it was something <laughs> something to the effect of like is it I, on your wall? No, it was like Miso. I I believe things should be left to be because they are. Yeah, it was like I think things should be left to be because they are. So it's like I think things should be left alone just because they are here. You know, like I don't need to justify why I don't want to kill this animal and eat it. Like yeah. it's its own thing. I ju- I think it's just cool by itself. Like it's here and it's alive and it's let it moving. work into our system. Yeah, like I don't I don't want to use it in any way. It's just <laughs> it's just gonna be there. Like I'm just gonna look at that cow and I'm gonna be like, you're a cool cow. I don't want to eat you. You don't eat me. Let's just coexist. Fair enough. So I let things be because they are. Let them be because they are. Let them be because they are. That let was it. Your profit margins be because they are. Um, this is what's frustrating to me is I personally, I don't, I'm more of a laissez-faire kind of, you know, citizen. I don't want the government mucking with the economic system. And I feel like once you start mucking with it, you really complicate it. Yeah. So this all kind of started along with a lot of other economic mucking that I'll refrain myself from going off on. Um, after the Great Depression, we have the New Deal. We have FDR. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to try to generate income, generate economic activity. And a lot of that comes from government you know, aid and subsidies. And a lot of the things that we have today that the government provides people, this all happened in this era. And that's when this happened. And the, the goal here was to help farmers, especially the little guy. And it ended up doing the complete opposite. Um, today, most regular, like, one-stop shop farmers like family farmers mm-hmm. hate the subsidy system they want it gone they vote against it because um, they're getting nothing from it right um, just the big factory farms over are, are getting it and I thought most family farms are now bought out by like companies yeah they don't even really exist anymore yeah and the ones that do they're like us poor teachers um, they have most farmers have second jobs could you imagine that Shut up. Like they farm all day. Do you know how hard it is to farm? I can't even imagine. It that really sucks because um I think that like in I don't know when this perception changed, but I, I felt like being a farmer was like hard, hard work. But I always thought that farmers were really that paid well off. Because yeah. it was like that's um you know, that was the one example of like the American dream. Like I'm gonna work really really hard but i'm gonna make a lot of money doing it like yeah, as the I'll, more hard i work the more money i'm gonna make and all beautiful land that'll grow in yeah. value and but that's not what's going on now well i think again like a lot of these things we talk about there was good intention there the government was trying to encourage them and help them yeah because i mean we need food that's mm-hmm. important so when the government gets involved in subsidizing food it's it's for good reason they want mm-hmm. them to produce good food they want them to be able to produce at a rate where they can make a profit and also produce a lot of food but where it gets complicated is it's not a consistent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. There's years where you might produce nothing. There's years where you produce such an abundance that you have to throw some of it out. It goes bad. Yeah. So the push is to kind of subsidize these farmers who are producing things that can be stored a long time, that can be shipped a long distance, and keep us fed. Um, but what happens is the the, the big guy gets the advantage here so there's a really good example here of how the little guy ends up getting screwed here are you ready get your pencil out okay i don't have one so say the cost of of producing a bushel of corn is six dollars okay um but the the value of that bushel of corn is five dollars and ninety cents no one's going to pay more than five dollars and ninety cents for that bushel of corn but 
Is that because that five dollar ninety cents is what the consumers used to, and we're not going to pay more for it? Yeah, that's that's what the market okay. is demanding. But it costs six dollars to make to the make bushel. it. So no one's going to buy it. Right. No one's going to produce it. Actually, no yeah. one's going to make it. That's a. That, I'm I'm no genius. <laughs> yeah, so, not a money maker. So you add a dollar subsidy to that. Okay. So now it's five dollars to produce this. Mm-hmm. Now you have ninety cent profit every time. Okay. Sounds great, right? Yeah. I love corn. So now Baby boom, corn, boom, 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 corn, boom. We're producing corn, producing corn, producing corn, corn, producing corn, producing corn. corn. What happens when you produce a ton of a product? You have too much of a supply. And then what happens to the price? Less of a demand. Yeah. The price goes down. Yes. So now that you've overproduced that corn at a fabricated amount because of that subsidy, the price goes down, let's say, to $5.50. Um, so now you're making less money on each bale right. of corn or whatever so you've made the price go down yeah so now to make up that money you got to produce even more yes and you're continually driving down the cost to keep your head above water i know until all of you this. eventually sink i know but, all this through drug dealing oh yeah yeah you're a hustler yeah well no because that's like i i try to teach economics in my class and none of my kids understood it at all and then i was like i started explaining <laughs> it in drugs and they were like, oh, I was like, what happens when you have too much of a supply? And they're like, price goes down. I was like, okay. <laughs> they understood it immediately. But yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what happens. But when you subsidize something to help somebody make a profit, you're driving down the price of that product. Even more. Therefore, going to crush that, pro- that profit yeah. again. But if you're a giant factory farm, mm-hmm. you don't need as much of a profit margin. Um, so it's okay that that's happening. You can survive off five cents a, a product, I guess, right. for profit. And you're just going to keep producing. Yeah. And then the more you produce, the lower your cost of production goes because you're so large. Right. So these small farms have to give in to the big guy and mm-hmm. sell themselves to them because they can't survive. Mm-hmm. And then the big guys need to take that in because they can't survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's essentially when, when... Yeah. I mean, what will... We'll, the big guy's winning. Right. One guy's winning. Okay. Well, and yeah. it's the big farms, and that's why they're they're becoming bigger and bigger, and it's because of this. Um, it's like the end of monopoly. I guess, but with without not naturally. No, no, no. Like the it, end like of someone monopoly. Someone threw a, something in there that's messing up the whole system. Yeah. And it's that subsidy. Well, it's like I'm just saying, like the the big giant farms are the end of monopoly, where it's like it's so easy. To take other people out at that point, yeah. you know, when you dr- when you stop on a rent with a you know hotel and it's nineteen hundred dollars, it's very easy to win the rest of the oh, game. Oh, that's an interesting example because that's what that's happened. Very specific because I'm really good at Monopoly. You took me out with once uh, I rolled a nine. If I rolled an eight, I would have been in that game for like two more hours until you hit on another property. I had you had one that was killing everybody. I had the whole I had the whole good row. Everyone. <laughs> I had the blues park place boardwalk. I had the greens. By yeah. the end of it, I had it all. Me but and that, another girl just had a truce. At that point, people had money. You took me down. When <laughs> I didn't have any. Nothing. But anyways, um, that one dollar subsidy ends up driving that price down and it puts the, the little guy out of business. Okay. Um, so hog farms. Um, Call them pigs. Pigs That's... farms decreased 76% from 1982 to 2002. Um, so the amount of hog farms decreased pig 70 farms. Pigs, the amount of pig farms decreased 76%. So okay. they decreased. Decreased. Okay. Meaning they got bigger. You oh, know, the, the number. ones that were left. Yeah, the number of farms decreased. The amount of yeah farms but decreased. The, but just, okay. But okay. while we were producing ten percent more pigs now than we okay. were in 1982, not hogs, pigs, whatever. Yeah. Um. So essentially, those farms are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Hey, um, can we get a timeout for a second? Yeah. I want to talk about tofu bacon for a second. <laughs> okay. Because you were just talking about pigs, and people are obsessed with to- uh, with bacon. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, there's a way to make some bacon um, that's not made from pigs. Like if you take some tofu and slice it up super, super, super oh, thin. Oh yeah. I mean, like really thin. You might have to press it. You know what would probably be best? Get the super, super pressed kind already. The kind that's like in a package already pressed. Extra firm? Extra, but like extra firm. But like there's extra firm and then there's like pressed extra firm. That's like its own thing. 
Um, but you get some of that tofu and you slice it up super, super thin and you marinate it in like liquid smoke and we're just as higher and like a bunch of spices and maybe like red wine vinegar and salt and pepper and, you know, whatever your spice blend may be. You marinate it and then you bake it in the oven at like 350, but you got to bake it for like a long time and then it'll get um, it'll get harder. What's a long time? I don't like you just got to like maybe like 30 minutes. OK, um, Not you like just, three hours. You got to like check it all the time um, and maybe like flip it once. But you can um, once you like take it out of the oven and let it like cool, it's like crumbly. Like we put it on top of a baked potato and it was super good. It was awesome. Yeah. So that's just my. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, products out there now that are trying to be bacon. They yeah. do a pretty good job. Yeah. Like tofu, the fake ones. Tofu Louie, um, he's, he's a vegan caterer here in Columbus, Ohio. He put up an Instagram of some uh, vegan bacon that I was like, dude. Yeah, that looked you, insane. Did you switch ships here? What is this? Like yeah. it looked really good. If you want to see some like insanely innovative things that are happening with veganism, yeah. follow Tofu Louie on Instagram. I think that's his Instagram, right? Yeah. Tofu Louie, it's yeah. He's he's the shit. He had the runny egg one too. <laughs> I really want really that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to subsidies. Uh, four beef firms control eighty percent of the market. Okay. Four beef companies. That's not cool. That's insane. Um, uh, that's probably some really high quality beef, huh? Oh god. Well, all right. Here's another thing that's really terrible. Okay. It's called dumping. Um, it's an actual term. Don't um, like to talk about it. So we talked about how a lot of things affect the rest of the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of nations that are suffering out there, and mm-hmm. a lot of the decisions we make as Americans do not necessarily help them. Um, there's people starving in South America that live near, you know, Tons of food. forests that are being plowed to feed animals that mm-hmm. get shipped off to, th- to first world countries. Or get palm oil, man. That's a don't whole even, new can of worms, man. Easy there. <laughs> um, so here's something that I never thought about, and this is crazy. Um, a lot of developing nations, we'll call them, um, or <laughs> should I say, uh, uh, shitholes. Oh <laughs> God, <laughs> a lot of shitholes out there. <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. Too soon. Um, yeah, a lot of developing nations that are trying to become, you know, better nations. Like sixty to seventy percent of their people. Mm-hmm. are kind of involved in agriculture somehow mm-hmm. and they're trying to you know just essentially just survive off of food um so if we are producing food that's storable and shippable um and we can just ship it to another country mm-hmm. at a false make-believe price because the government subsidized it yeah we c- they can't compete with that because they don't yeah. have a government subsidizing their farming. Yeah. Because their costs are probably actually, they're, they're real costs. Yeah. That's what in, that's an economics term, real cost yeah. um, as opposed to subsidy costs. Apparently dumping is an economic term too. So we produce way below the cost of production for a developing nation. We go sell our shit there. They can't compete. So they're, they're out of luck. I mean, they need food, you know. Right. They're going to buy the cheapest stuff. Right. So all of this agriculture. Goes, and when we talk about like subsidizing, it's not just the food that their, our animals eat. Like it, it's like tractors, like John Deere. You know, the more um, a factory farm produces, the more like giant tractors are going to buy, the more soybeans are going to buy, the more corn they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And then all that gets subsidized, too. It's like buy five, get one tractor free. <laughs> Something like that. that makes sense. <laughs> but by the time, you know, punch card. Yeah. But by the time this gets to another country, it's there's no competition whatsoever. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, it goes both ways, too. Like we can't produce, you know, a pair of jeans in America. Right. That, oh, don't that get, compete. With don't get else. me started in the fashion industry. So what's dumping you? So dumping is effective. It's, it's us going into other countries with our product and just dumping it on them. Do, and then putting uh, at our all prices? of their. Yeah. Putting all their agriculture out of business. Our prices, which are false because of. Right. Subsidies. So is it cheap enough for them to afford? Yeah, but they just can't produce it themselves. We're right. putting their industry out so of business. So are we going into other nations and owning production in other nations? Yeah, we destroyed Mexico's corn production. Oh, okay. That's nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> By just shipping our corn down there. Okay. But no, I'm saying like, are we now going back into Mexico and like Corn USA is setting up shop in Mexico to, to make 
to make corn in Mexico. You know, no, it's probably one thing we wouldn't make in Mexico because they're not going to subsidize it in Mexico. Well, but I'm saying, like, if we're running, like, if a farm's not making money in Mexico, wouldn't it make sense for the United States businesses to then go and take those farms and and start producing at American costs? Possibly, but American costs have to be American. Like American. I mean, that. it would be cheaper. Maybe less taxes. Or, no, it yeah. would be because you're the the they're they're essentially producing this stuff like they're not in America mm-hmm. because of the tax breaks because of the subsidies. So it's more expensive to produce corn in Mexico than it is to produce in the United States. Yeah, I feel like that statement is very telling. It's more expensive <laughs> to make something in Mexico than it is in the United States. This. All right, this when you think of minimum wage in the United States and not necessarily as high in Mexico, yeah, like that. You think of like if, if production it, costs; it's less in Mexico than in it, or it's less in the United States than it is in Mexico. It must be. You know, I'm not saying that. Like, I've I've read that. No, that can verify it. But yeah, if, if our corn is cheaper for Mexico to buy than Mexican corn, then yeah, right. it's cheaper for us to produce. That's it. how. That's the basic laws of economics. That's yeah. It's trading, well, man. Let's go back to America. This is the last example I'm going to give you, but okay. this blew my mind. Okay. And this is insanely frustrating. Um, so, Tyson Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyson, biggest producer, number one producer uh-huh. of poultry ever. Okay. They have 3,200 facilities. Um, they can average anywhere from five to $10 billion of profit. Um, a year, a given year, yeah, five to ten billion, billion. dollars of profit. Yeah, um, the CEO in 2010 made 4.8 million. Uh, the chief operating officer, operation officer, COO made 4.9 million. Wait, that guy made more money than the president? The CEO? Yeah. COO's, Why is that? I don't. I don't know. get that's, into that. But <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um. So we obviously produce provide a lot of subsidies for a company like this because mm-hmm. um, they're they're like really hurting you know in they're not doing so well two thousand so you think four point nine million is a lot of money four point eight million they paid about fifty nine million in dividends to their sh- their shareholders no that's like my salary so I don't think it's like a ton yeah it's it's true you know so um they their subsidies in two thousand ten equaled about three point five billion dollars. Their, wait, their subsidies? Almost half of their profit. You could, if you're counting externalized subsidies, tax breaks, actual direct subsidies to the places producing this chicken, the taxpayer paid $3.5 billion essentially to Tyson Chicken. Oh my. So their CEO could make almost $5 million. So their shareholders could make a ton of money. So their COO could make $4.9 million. Half of their profits, basically half of their profits. Is taxpayer money? Yeah, and that's not just them. We're, we're, yeah. I, that that's an extreme example. This is all of these companies, these giant corporations. Ha- and then their other profit, people going out and buying this shit and then getting sick. Yeah, Jesus, getting sick. Like, I don't know. And we've talked. We're gonna always talk about this, but health care and just people dying and being mm-hmm. sick is such a terrible thing mm-hmm. it's there's emotional costs that come into it yeah but then there's also obviously we're the the sickest country in the world and we spend the most on healthcare in the whole mm-hmm. world and that's insanity that's my first lesson uh, in globalization good we go through life expectancy and then cost of healthcare, and we it's all like the united states by far spends Way more money on healthcare. That is ridiculous. That, That's the biggest external and it, cost. It, but like you know, you hear about like um, Canada or France or whatever having universal healthcare. Uh, think about the fact that they provide universal healthcare, meaning that every single citizen in that country has access to free healthcare. Um, and yeah, maybe there's some lines or whatever, but everyone has access to free healthcare. Not everyone in this country. I know Obamacare is trying to help us, but. Um, not everyone in this country has access to free health care. No one has access to free. Uh, well, no, no, no. no. You, well, you do it from the government. It's, it's not some, free, though. Somebody's paying for it. It's an uh, but, external cost. Right. But not everyone in this country has access to free health care. And we still are spending 
way more than France or Canada on everyone. And that's per capita. That's not like, I hate it when my students are like, well, like overall, there's like more people in the United States <laughs> than France. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, like, you're proportionally. Not, yeah, you're not understanding what I'm saying. It's like, so we're spending per person more money on healthcare than these other countries that are providing free healthcare. And to yet, everyone. And yet we're, and yet we're still in the dark about fucking healthcare costs. And we're sicker than all of those nations. Yes. That's enraging. Take some ownership for your own God blessed health, man. Well, that's and that's the most frustrating part is I'm going to say a lot of factors go into that. But there's one clear difference between us and all these countries. And it's our diet. Yeah. It's the shit that we're fucking pumping into our children from a young age. The commercials on TV convince them to eat this or that. The subsidies for these kind of foods. The one dollar double cheeseburger in the year 2018. Mm -hmm. um, That's the difference between America and a lot of other countries. And I don't want to pay for it. I mean, when it comes to healthcare, that's a big conversation. But it's really frustrating. I want to help everybody. I want to be like a nation where we like... We pick everybody up and we do everything we can for everyone in our country. But but sometimes gonna, that means not giving someone yeah, something if you're for gonna, free. If you're going to subsidize health care without addressing the causes, um, the causes, then I don't I don't want to I don't want to pay to no. that. And I don't want to pay Tyson Chicken three point five billion dollars. No. Um, and that's not just them. I mean, like we've talked about, I think, like, uh, was it General Electric a few years ago? Had like $16 billion in profits and paid $0 in taxes. Yeah, like it's not just the food that's getting these subsidies or, or finding these loopholes mm-hmm. to make money. But General Electric's not not killing us. It's not giving us heart attacks. Right. It's not giving us cancer. Um, this stuff is killing us. So that's not even factored into this as an external cost. That $3.5 million estimate. It has nothing to do with health care. No, it's just... It's an estimate based on, you know, the, the money that they saved functioning as a business in this mm-hmm. country, whether it be tax savings or, you know, Whatever. them getting water at 2% rate in California yeah. instead of the 98% rate. So all these little things go into that. Um, but here's the thing is like people know that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but this goes back to, I guess, the beginning of the last show, we were talking about politicians and lobbying. Um, about every five years, a bill goes through Congress that everybody hates. Um, anyone who's involved in agricultural communities writes their congressman, calls their congressman, say, this is stupid. We don't want this. Why would you put this in there? It's full of pork, which lack of better <laughs> term. Um, when you put something in a bill that has nothing to do with it, it's called yeah. pork. And uh, there's just so much special interest in this much money mm-hmm. that it always gets passed. Yeah. And that no one's really held accountable. The congressmen aren't really held accountable. And again, we talked about at the beginning of the show that um, it costs a lot of money to be a congressman. Mm-hmm. So they need to weigh, do I keep my job or do I do the you know, right thing? Bow down to these companies. And they always bow down to these companies. There's just so much special interest that um, it's it's not going to change. And there, I, I read so many articles in the past few days about how much people despise these farm bills. Mm-hmm. But they always go through. And it's it's well, infuriating. Con- so it's the consumer. Yeah, and I, you know, to be I, honest, I enjoy being a vegan for the fact that like I don't want to be like a sucker. You know, I don't want to be like a sucker for this shit. Like I feel like I'm like <laughs> yeah. like woke. Yeah, to you're this. you're somewhat sticking it to the man. That's all we can do at this point. It seems yeah. like, um, actually, and that leads to solutions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we'll kind of end this. But uh, one thing that I was surprised about, um. And I think conspiracy or some of these documentaries lead you to believe that if you take away these subsidies, mm-hmm. that the price of meat goes up yeah. a lot. It doesn't. Well, isn't that just if it, dependent on the consumer? Uh, like it depends on supply and demand, right? Yeah. But the thought here is that maybe these subsidies are at least benefiting us by keeping a product's price affordable. Uh But really, all that we're doing is pumping more money into these CEOs' pockets, these investors' pockets. So, I mean, there's been a couple studies that show that if you pull these subsidies... I I mean, six months ago, I was saying, like, pull these subsidies, let meat cost what meat should cost. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that simple. If you pull these subsidies, um, it will raise the price of the meat, but not not as you know you're not getting the benefit that the government thinks they're giving you yeah um it wouldn't raise it that much what do so, you mean saying like, like how do you know you can't predict no but it's just it's with all these external costs and everything it's not just 
you know, Uncle Sam gives Joe the farmer 50 cents for his corn bale. Mm -hmm. And if he takes that 50 cents back, then the corn bale is going to go up 50 cents. Like, it's not that simple. There's all these other costs where the money's already been absorbed. Okay. That if you remove the subsidy, it's not going to raise the price of food. Essentially, what what I want here is the price of that to go up. Okay. Um, So... Going back to uh, Meetonomics, the David Robinson Simon book, um, he ends it with uh, this whole three-part solution. He's got a plan, okay. which I love. Anyone who's going to be critical of anything, especially politically, have an answer for mm-hmm. it. I mean, he does. But we'll, I just want to talk about the first part, which I, I find kind of fascinating. Um, it's called the pig, Pigovian tax. Okay. Which, again, that word pig and pork seems to <laughs> <It's> everywhere. <laughs> locate everywhere. This has nothing to do with pork but um this is essentially if you live in new york um you understand this when it comes to cigarettes um this is the idea that if you tax um something that creates a lot of external costs Mm -hmm. you're essentially making them pay for those external costs okay so you're going to reduce the demand for that product and you're going to raise revenue for that government that's taking on that external you're going to make up that money yeah you're going to pay it back to who's absorbing it essentially um the you know the government is who's going to pay for these environmental and these health right. concerns but for I the mean, most part the taxpayer is yeah so, cigarettes are the biggest example yeah of that. like new york they're that. like 11 dollars mm-hmm. that's and why we buy your mom cigarettes from pennsylvania <laughs> yeah. we come but home. even in like states like ohio where we <laughs> live where a pack of cigarettes is five bucks uh-huh. i think more than half of that is tax yeah as it um, should be it should, well in new york it's i think it's like a 10 or 11 dollars and that's 80 percent of that is tax that's crazy new york and but, but that's, no that's good you know yeah and i, I again like i was just saying like the government shouldn't in my opinion this is just my opinion i don't think the government should mess that much with economics yeah like stay out of economics right but in this case when you tax a company with this pagovian tax you're not messing with economics you're making them pay for something that they don't have to pay for, that everyone else right. is having to pay for. Yeah, this that's external just, cost. that's keeping things fair. So, I mean, this I might guess. be the only time you'd hear me say, like, I'm okay with a, with with a, with a new tax. Taxes are a really interesting concept. I do remember being in, like, microeconomics 101 in college, and taxes are just, like, an interesting concept because it was, like, a way to control the market and... And that's, you know, that taxes are essentially why we're not a free market, though. You know, like, yeah, we're they not use a it free, to control it. Yeah, we're not a free market due to that tax is a, an integral hand that's going to control the the demand. Especially when you tax supply. like corporations at a different rate that you tax like the, yeah. the individual taxes. Taxes are, taxes are fucking crazy. And there's a new tax. Is that new tax thing going to like affect us like now? Yeah, February. What is it like? There's going to be taking less out of your paycheck because your end of the year tax bill is going to be lower okay for 2018 okay for the individual and then for the what about my company that i run? corporate taxes will go down <laughs> to i think 21 percent instead of 30 it was In, like 30 something 32 or 35 yeah so i mean obviously the rich are going to get richer um mm-hmm. but everyone's tax is going to go down well the rich that own companies or just regular rich people uh any corporation what's rich yeah know? that's that's uh, that's also debated too we don't need to get into that now what um, is rich what is that tax bracket uh, i don't know the, all the brackets are changing too oh, God. there's less tax brackets now oh. i don't know what they are oh i i, w- I don't want to change my bracket well, <laughs> very comfortable teetering on uh, so- the, i was always teetering on the earned income credit bracket <laughs> like one like a thousand dollars above that that's why we don't advertise because <laughs> Lisa needs her food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so they get you like milk and cheese. Yeah, Some right. government cheese. Yeah. Uh, that was in this book too. Uh, but anyways, uh, bringing it all back around there. Solution. Um, one of this guy's solutions was let's let's tax, like the not only end subsidies, but tax things that we know cause disease. Um, disease. And I think this guy takes this assumption um, – he does a good job justifying, you know, the the arguments that this is causing disease. But I think what, part of the problem is a lot of Americans don't think that meat and dairy and no. eggs are bad for them. No, they think it's super healthy and they're going to eat it all the time mm. instead of fruits and vegetables. And they're going to lose weight and they're going to be great and no one's going to have any side effects. <laughs> yeah. But 
you know, long term, the shit catches up to you. And that's that's why we suffer so much as a nation. But if you so in this this guy's book's great because it ends with like a question. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And he mm-hmm. answers all of them. But I'm just going to summarize it. And something that I, I guess I agree with. He convinced me that um, the same way we tax cigarettes, we should be taxing meat and dairy. Mm-hmm. And um, it has worked. Um, there's tremendous revenue in states like New York from the cigarette tax. They mm-hmm. have reduced, I think, 20 or 30 percent the amount of smoking. And every time they raise that tax, people smoke less. And, y- yeah, if you're struggling to pay for a pack of cigarettes, maybe you shouldn't be. That's probably not a, uh, an expense you should have. Yeah. And I used know? to get pissed, though. I'd be like, this is a free country. If I want to eat bacon and mm-hmm. smoke cigarettes... I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, but you didn't think all of those external costs. Exactly. Don't punish me for that. But but then why should I, the guy who doesn't eat bacon, get punished for it? Better yet, what do I, who really don't ever, I've never had bacon. I, you know, you know, try to live all healthy. My, I'm, I'm such not a drain on my healthcare. Like (laughs) Medical Mutual, I'm doing you a favor. All the time, I never they don't go even to the know doctor. Who you are. No, they don't. I never go to the doctor. Every like, I was just talking about this um, with our friend Catherine today because I was talking about how I had like a debilitating skin like fungus in the summertime. I kept getting like poison ivy. Oh, I forgot about like, that. Like bad. Like it wasn't even poison ivy. It was like poison sumac or something. But yeah, I kept getting like it. Leprosy. And I kept not going to the doctor. She was like, "Did you go to the doctor?" And I was like, "No. What are they gonna do? Give me some steroids? Like try, like speed up the process by a day? I'm not gonna go." So I didn't go. I don't go to the doctor. I av- shut up. I avoid unhealthy habits to a point. I I drink my fair share. You know, I'm not in a glass castle. But my my point is is that if I'm going on this extra, you know, thing to to a be a healthy person, and then Joe Schmo's smoking a pack of cigarettes, and he's on the same healthcare company as I, and I gotta, I gotta freaking pay for his slob ass. That's messed up. <laughs> that's not cool. Well, that's where it gets complicated, and I do like that. Uh, there's a way simpler thing here. You know, you can you can ask your congressman to stop subsidizing, to pass a better farm bill. Um, you could write. You know, the president or your mayor or your governor or try yeah. to push all these these great ideas, maybe like to, to tax these things. Yeah. Like, tell your congressman we should tax these. Vote for people who understand that this is a problem. But there's obviously a way simpler way. And what, what is it? What speaks more than anything? The consumer. The consumer. The action. Don't eat it or eat less of it. If yeah. we stop buying it and stop demanding it. They're not going to produce it as much. Yeah. And there's a sweet billboard in Columbus, Ohio. It was a huge, giant billboard um, in downtown Columbus, Ohio, which is farm country, you know, Ohio, is the not. Midwest. Well, not Columbus, but the Midwest and, and Ohio is giant farm country. Um, it's a huge, impossible burger. And it just says it in the corner. It's just a picture of a burger. And it says across the front of the billboard, you demanded it. So that's, you got it. And then up in good. the corner says the impossible burger. That's... TGI Fridays has this now. Like mm-hmm. Penelope telling us that Domino's has vegan cheese now. Mm-hmm. That's only because we started demanded it. it. Yeah, and, and Mellow are, Mushroom has some vegan cheese. Oh my gosh, it's so good. We That's got two favorite. pizzas. It was it was seventy five dollars. <laughs> it was for, close for two pizzas. It was sixty five dollars. What about with a tip? Uh, well, it was a w- takeout a hostess. I never know how to tip a hostess. Do you tip a takeout order? I tip everyone. You do? Did you tip her? Yeah. Okay, because like we bought two donuts today. They were takeout. I didn't tip. No, that wasn't takeout. She was just standing there. Okay. Like a hostess has to go back and get the food. And, and that lady looked like, I don't know. When I when I when I'm dealing with like a 16 year old kid. Yeah. I tip them. Like okay. they're they're at work. Like mm-hmm. I, I respect that. All right. I don't know. I'm gonna tip you. I don't know. That's like and then like coffee. You know. And like I like how on the coffee it's like 10 percent, 20 percent. A hundred and twenty. Yeah, when I go to like, a, I don't know. When I go to a counter, when someone brings me something, I don't tip that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll I tip know. a bartender. Yeah, the but bartender. You but if I go to too. a coffee shop or a Chinese restaurant or a pizza place, yeah, and I order tip. pizza and they hand it to me, then you're gonna give some extra dough. No, I'll, with that cheddar. It depends. Get it? But my yeah. point was that Mellow Mushroom <laughs> has vegan cheese in its 
spectacular. We demanded it. Super expensive, but spectacular. That's the answer to all this. Um, is just stop eating meat and dairy. And yeah, just, and then it you'll won't. You'll be so much more happy. It won't really matter. It'll all kind of work itself out. Um, and I don't know. There's a there's a whole bunch of information on this, but just to to recap, I guess. Um, some big numbers. The American government spends about $38 billion a year to subsidize meat and dairy. Um, and about 0.04% of that, $17 million, um, subsidizes fruits and vegetables. How many people are in the United States? 380 million. So if we spend 38... hope I'm right. 380 billion? Or Three, 30, 38 billion. 38, what's 38 billion? Hold on. I have some math. <laughs> well... 0.04% of that is for um, fruits and vegetables. So when people say, yeah, I would, it, it is expensive to go buy fruits and vegetables. My phone doesn't, the calculator doesn't go up that far. Turn it sideways. Shut up, really? <laughs> oh my God, it works. <laughs> we also are giving iPhone tips if anyone needs any. <laughs> Wait, how many million people are in the United States? Or billion? I think it's 380 million. Okay. No. No, there's like nine million in Columbus. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure it's 280 million. Um, but anyways, um, the federal government's dietary guidelines urge us to eat more fruits and vegetables. It's a hundred dollars a person. Boom. There you go. Do you want to give up a hundred dollars of your hard-earned cash so someone else can have a glass of milk and a freaking grilled cheese and then? Die of a heart attack well, seven years four later. Four cents of that is for fruits and vegetables, though. Oh, okay. I take it back. <laughs> so they tell us, the, the, the dietary guidelines do tell us to eat more fruits and vegetables. They tell us to take in less cholesterol-rich food. Okay. That's, that's, that's how they say it. But that's okay. meat and dairy. Um, it's like a misguided parent giving a kid cotton candy for dinner. That's how PETA explains it. All right. Um, which is true. State and federal governments get it backwards by giving buckets of cash to animal agriculture while providing almost no help to anyone ri- raising fruit and vegetables, um, which is insane. Like, that should be the thing that's subsidized. Yeah. That's the thing that should be, like, oh, super duper cheap and Don't free. get me started on, like, the WIC programs and how... Yeah, what they provide. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which is funny. Like, Dr. Furman, when we had him on, talking about how in the medical industry... You know, when they're being educated, they're told that, you know, poor communities and African-Americans are just going to get some people diseases. In poverty know that if you provide them with it, they won't eat it. That's that's enraging. And we live in a impoverished community. We'll oh, keep we Lisa from saying her favorite word. We, well, no, it's not my favorite <laughs> word. We live on the edge of Well, we teach also these yeah. children. We should clarify. Sometimes Lisa says ghetto, yeah. but that's like a normal thing to say. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's I had not, like a. It's not offensive no, around here. Well, you can't say if it's offensive or not. Isn't that up to I the person? Know. I don't know. Me we live a, here, though. Me and I'm going to have like an hour talk about it. And at the end of it, she was just like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't say stuff like that anymore. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're right. We live in an extremely impoverished and crime ridden community. Well, that's not offensive, we're right? The, we're on the edge, okay? What do you mean? Yeah, well, where we actually live. But yeah. anyways, they do have free uh, farmers markets. Yeah, and people line up oh, around the freaking they do. block. For they this love thing. it. People want yeah. good food. So don't tell us that this this area wouldn't get down with a lot of fruits or that's, any area. That's like really wrong to say. Yeah, that. it is. Um, so anyways, big business loves farm subsidies, um, and small farmers are the ones that pay the price of it. Um, two-thirds so of us. American farmers don't get a single penny from these subsidies, um, which are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, so the idea that when you subsidize food, you're helping an American citizen, you're helping a small-time farmer, you're not. Food mm-hmm. subsidies are helping giant corporations make more money and externalize more and more costs, and mm-hmm. that's what we're paying for as citizens. Man. And it sucks. It's um, messed up. So that's the end of the story. And the sol- the best solution, obviously, is eat less meat and dairy. Right. <laughs> so not just for your health, but for the economic health of this nation. Um, watch it. Yeah. Well, it's very educational. Yeah. I felt good. Maybe I'll teach this tomorrow in class. You should. Unless we get a snow day. Snow day. All right. Let's go. We need to go check the weather. So we have to go. So um, we can possibly have a snow day tomorrow. LisaBeatsYourMeat.com 
Com. Yeah, you I'm gonna go. Awesome recipes. I'm gonna go put up the romesco. Sorry, nice. a recipe, Do which it. I'm really proud of. Honestly, I am. So I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like the Instagram a lot. Um, I think that's the coolest place to get information and share information. Well, anyways, um, but we're also on Twitter. We're also on YouTube. Yeah, hit us up however you'd like. Thanks for listening. Always subscribe, rate us, and we'll be back. I don't know. Soon, man. Especially if we have snow day. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. All right. Well, but thanks for listening. Please rate us. Okay. Good night. Bye.